Welcome to our campaign, set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. This episode is sponsored by C4 Labs makers of amazing tabletop gaming accessories. For a limited time, you can use the code DICECARNIVAL during checkout and receive 10% off. That is DICECARNIVAL with no spaces or caps. C4 Labs offers free shipping in the US, so it's a great way to treat yourself and directly benefit our show. Check out their new walnut display dice tray with special pockets for each die in your set. You can find it and other products at c4labs.com. The link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin. <laughs> we begin today. For a new day has dawned on Electrofall. And new truth as well. Yenden, after... A interesting visit to Soup's place of work, as well as Jack's office, his kitchen, if you will. Uncovered a truth about your past, realizing that perhaps your former patron and Wartho's patron might be the same. Though Wartho admitted that on your back, marking your body, are two marks of death, a symbol of an alien force that Wartho finds disgusting and corruptible. And believing that perhaps your presence or the symbol's presence animated the dead in the deep dive. After leaving the kitchen, uh, Soup's place of employment, making your way out into the morning of Electroval, we resume outside of the apartment entrance of uh, Soup's and their sister's place, basically. You see that Soup returns, uh, carrying a snail on their shoulder that is currently snacking on some baby shiitakes. <laughs> Why did you bring Beefy Boy? He gets lonely! And I also needed to make sure the other guys had enough food for the rest of the week, because I don't think I'm gonna be visiting home. Okay. Alright, let's get headed off. So The question we're... is, where are you getting headed off to? Well, omnipotent force that just spoke in my head, I thought it would be reasonable to head to Brimstone. So wait, we've got Genjin hearing voices, Warsaw hearing voices, <laughs> Hugo hearing voices. Oh, we got those all covered. We're all hearing yeah, voices. Or, or, I said that before. <laughs> What's an adventuring party without... Hugo's not hearing voices. Oh yeah, because his patron just won't freaking talk to him. Oh yeah, his patron like, <laughs> went for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> Ghosted by an omnipotent force. You wish that you were getting ghosted. At least maybe a ghost would haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Memories Ooh. haunt me, Adrian. The memories. So, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hugo, you you did invite them um, a session or two back, didn't you? I did. Uh, who would we be trying to meet while we're up there? I suppose we could try and find any sort of contact with. The inventor is such, but I don't know any of how to meet this man. 
Well, I mean, the type of people who seem to, you know, hang out at your place would probably know. At least somebody. Somebody might even be trying to keep an eye on you and be waiting for you up there who might know. Mm. That yeah. sounded real weird, but I mean, in a positive way. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's <laughs> trying to assassinate Hugo. <laughs> well, that's why he has two bodyguards. One may have died last night, but he's got another one. That makes three. Well, I mean, technically he got a the fifth one. Technically, it's the fifth one this week. <laughs> <laughs> You're burning through these bodyguards, Hugo. Like Batman burns through Robins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we heading to the, heading to the brimstone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotta take the Ferris wheel. We've been walking a lot. That's true. Might be nice to chill. Okay. Uh, did you say take the Ferris wheel, like as in travel? Yeah. The Ferris wheel. Yeah. So yeah, you have it walked from on the, the bottom and you go up. So you have walked from the opposite side of where the Ferris wheel would have been mm -hmm. of the city, almost to the smokestack district near where uh, Soup lives. Um, it would probably take longer to take the Ferris wheel, uh -huh. but it would be more leisurely. Uh. All right. Let's. I just think go we're just we're close thing. enough. Should we go through the, through the chambers then? Yep. yep. All right. First of all, Gandon, I tied a scarf back on him. Thank you. All right. Because so we can't want us to go through the chambers. What? I said, or does he just want us to go through the chambers? Yes. I think the omnipotent powers that be just want to keep a consistent map. Gotcha. And a swift travel, so we can get these things off course yes but if we need to do a little shopping on the way for our uh, friend with less than ideal uh identity problems i thought we did that already <laughs> you already did that yeah that's true but if you want you roll a 12 if i remember yes oh yeah okay cool. all right let's keep going <laughs> let's okay. go we're headed on a making trip. your way Making your way through the city of Electroval, you find that the daytime atmosphere brings with it, if not more colors, different colors. You see merchants carrying fine silks, carrying produce grown both locally within the city, but also from some of the villages beyond. Uh, you would probably even see a bugbear and two young children actually clinging to its back. Uh, as they seem to be pulling a crate of turnips and radishes uh, in a sort of wooden wagon behind them. You see that there is seafood growing, uh, being served here as well. Glass tanks with live lobsters and crabs um, selling for premium prices. And plenty of patrons walking around feeling their best. With a few you can see, um, a few of them Ganassi. You can see this one uh, Aragonasi man with uh, sort of gems embedded onto his skin, uh, being followed around by a very bulky skeleton uh, undead who seems to be carrying carrying his produce. As you make your way through, you find that you come to the edge of a large gate that I imagine at least Hugo, Hugo probably actually played here uh, maybe once a year several years ago. Uh, an interior space that stretches up nearly 120 feet. Uh, stretching along all these hexagonal walls seems to spiral upwards. A large winding 
uh, hexagonal helix Ooh. filled with uh, the bottommost level is like a food court with like an area in the middle that can be retrofitted into a stage and multi-purpose venue. Uh, there are plenty of outfitters that have established not just temporary setups, but actually established stores that they can lock up at certain times. And leading up on all these platforms and bridges that connect the top, you can see sunlight blazing in from another window that seems to be pointing towards the east above. And this entire space is lit by incandescent bulbs, but in sort of uh, shaded patterns as not to create as harsh of a light as you see uh, from the College of the Macabre or the Spirit Ward. You are basically in a very big public mall. While we're walking through and going towards the top, if we pass by the store where I originally bought my scarf, can I buy myself another one so we can match? You certainly can. Uh, it was a nice scarf. Uh, we'll say you can get it for a charge, like one silver. All right, yeah, I get myself my own scarf and I just tell Gendon, you can keep that one. Yeah, yep, it's not silk or anything like that, but it's like a nice cotton scarf. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um... As you are making your way up, all of you have to press against the wall as you see a brigade of five gnomes on two-wheeled contraptions seem to be having some sort of tour as they seem to be spiraling down uh, one of these... <laughs> segways. These sides. There, Segnomes. See, see five, there's five gnomes on segways riding yes. down. Segnomes. 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 That's what we need to get the, the gnome party on. <laughs> They'll blaze through that haunted house. No, so, no ghost could keep up. <laughs> so, moving on. Aww. As you continue to make your way uh, through the... As you continue to make your way through the uh, chambers, do you continue up? Is that where... That's where Brimstone is, right? That way? Well, well. as you continue to rise... And Rise, I doubt that Gandon or even Soup have been to the Steer the City. Do you, probably not even more so either with the time you spend. Actually, maybe a few times. Sometimes your and your mentor's hijinks have led you towards the upper tiers to solve mysteries here. <clears throat> yeah. And as you kind of emerge on the topmost plaza, you look down and the height is dizzying for the taller of you who can see above the guardrail. Hey. And looking out into... The outside area, you see an entirely different city than what most of you are used to. You see ribbons are flowing in the wind, not just for shade, but for decoration, with mirrors and patterns and uh, glass gems, creating reflecting patterns, capturing the incoming morning rays of sun. Musicians are playing in stages that are set up, uh, not busking, but playing performative gigs as uh, you see that there are audiences that seem to gather. Up here, there are actually areas where the stone has been removed and replaced with dirt and fresh green mowed grass are set up, creating all these sort of round and uh, cubicle-shaped parks that seem to uh, just kind of be interspersed in the commerce of this wide plaza, smaller than what you had below in the Starlight District, but you are in fact in the upper Starlight District where it is. The Ferris wheel, as you can see, not far from where you exit, seems to be having a loading-unloading dock uh, sort of station, where as the uh, 
the carriages seem to raise up and linger for a few seconds before being carried up to the uh, allow the next cart to also board and unboard. The scent here is immaculate. Flowers growing in large bushes, lavender roses, seem to carry on the wind. And it feels almost if the elements here themselves, the air, the moisture, the heat, are almost regulated in a way where they aren't in the rest of the city. Well, it's a good thing I packed lunch so we don't have to eat out. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't afford this. <laughs> oh yeah, certainly. And, and as you come up here, you do see that the there are no like there is no like Zantoro, the Zorp tongue vendor, set up out here. There are like carts, there are like kiosks and stuff like that. You even see some automated kiosks that are running off of Aethertech. You would probably see a small demonstration off in the distance where you see that there are a bunch of people wearing kind of crude paper mache dog-like masks that seem to be kind of carrying sort of a picket line speaking out to end the surges regulate the grid shut it off you've heard of furry legion uh, protests propping up in the city most of them and imagine looking at these people here aren't necessarily professionals uh, they're not actual members. The equipment they carry is more for show. You probably see an altercation where you see like a mechanic kind of run up and kind of like tear the mask off of one. And the, you see velvet blue presence kind of like separate the two of them and carry the one person off. This the There are also, though, from what have occasionally happened, supposedly members of the actual Free Legion who protest at mysterious spots from time to time, attracting crowds, attracting attention but appearing and disappearing without alerting the authorities. Another tense fight in Electroval is the future of technology, whether it be Aethertech or Electrotech. And many show grievances for the loss of life that Electrotech occasionally has in the way that it's been built. But I leave it back to you as you are making your way up to this part of the city, and you know that further here is where Brimstone would be located. I'd like to, as we're walking, give them sort of tour, not necessarily like take them anywhere, but just kind of introduce the places along the way and wh what I remember of them. You remember Hugo, like you grew up here long, you grew up here before it became gentrified. Like this is your hometown neighborhood and you can still recognize some of the buildings that have been either preserved or has have been modernized. You see like a park where it used to be a warehouse where you would sneak out sometimes and kind of late at night play in sort of gathering bands. Most of that activity has kind of moved down to the lower districts, but the streets are all the same. Yeah. This place is amazing. It certainly has changed since, uh, since when I was younger. Wait, Hugo. Yes. I, I hope it's. I hope it's not rude to ask. How long ago was that? Like how many years? I'm just curious. Hmm. I believe you said Hugo was in his like early forties, or yeah. so, or late thirties, early forties. I think. Mm -hmm. 
God. So you would have been touring for maybe about 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Must have been between 10 and 20 years ago. You know. Place used to look a lot different. I came to the city about six, nine months ago. Haven't really been keeping track. Spent my whole life out there in the swamps. Nothing changed a bit. And here, in just like 10 years, the way you're describing it, it's completely different. That's insane. Yeah. Sapient kind move quick. I guess so. Well, oh, the ways people change. Whether for better or worse, we do move quite quick around here. Anyway. And then that's when you see it. Uh-oh. Not nearly as bright as it would be at night. The sort of uh, illusory flames, clearly not on at the moment, but you do see the red neon, though unlit, sign that just reads brimstone in bold letters across. There she is. Pride and joy. Kind of, kind of squat between sort of three buildings that kind of stand in this one lot. This one's the lowest and the flattest, but has the sort of widest uh, marquee in front of it. And you see that there are no uh, velvet tape, basically, cordoning off a keel. You see that it is simply the daytime. It is simply not being used, but it's probably been months at least since you've been here. All right, let's see what the place has become. Hmm. That is when you see that there are a couple of people carrying a ladder underneath the brimstone sign sitting it up and the two of them are now moving up with tools on them and seem to be drilling the uh bolts where the bee is off wait a minute oh, oh no <laughs> uh hugo is that supposed to happen run up to them <laughs> Yeah, you, you just like do you just like like you're looking at this like proudly from like a hundred feet away. Yep. Like there's my beauty. And then you just see these two people coming in with a really big ladder. <laughs> props it up. Just like workers, like just maintenance workers. And they just go up there and they just start going to work, uh, doing stuff to the sign. And you just bolt off and you're just like, wait, wait! What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah? What's the matter? What? What's going on? What are you doing to the sign? Oh, we're taking it down. Uh-huh. And why? I don't know. That's, uh, I'm looking paid to ask questions. Who may I talk to? Who's in charge know. of this? Probably someone inside. I got the work crews coming later. All right. I'll bite. I'll go inside. <laughs> All right, so, like, the rest of you, like, catch up at this point. Um, and, yeah, Hugo, you just go towards, like, the double door. And you see, opening it up before you even get to it, is a very heavy-set, kind of big-bellied uh, fire ganassi man with kind of a brown, muddy skin. And you see sort of whispering embers, uh, like, uh just very short, embery hair. Uh, and he looks out and he stumbles and you see the smiling, friendly visage of your old friend, Mr. Pete. 
Nikki. Hey, it's it's Hugo. Ah, I, I, what are you doing out here? It's it's ro it's it's chilling out here. Come inside where the fire is warm. Gladly. It's Ab been too long. Absolutely. I'm sorry. And he like turns to the rest of them. Um, are you with Hugo? Yes. Yes. With me. Yep. Oh, you brought in a couple of friends. I'd be, I'd be, be happy to. I'm gonna ask to. Uh, me and Hugo need to have a bit of a conversation. But you're welcome to make yourself uh, comfortable in brimstone. <laughs> brimstone, yeah. All right. Uh, Hugo, there's some stuff we should talk about. Mind coming into the, uh, my office real quick? No trouble. All right. Um, and yeah, he leads all of you inside, and yeah, like, um. Yeah, Hugo. This is this is your old friend, uh, Mickey Pete. Uh, he is the one who went into business when you with you when you uh, brought up that you wanted to start Brimstone. He grew up in the same neighborhood as you. Uh, how you determine your relationship with him is up to you, but he, I imagine, you two have always been on good terms. Mm -hmm. uh, and he starts talking. It's like I heard about what happened down at the Crocodile's Ball Gown, and when you went to the Velvet Blue. I tried to go in down there, but they told me you already left. And I, I've been running circles trying to get a hold of you. It's been quite the adventure, I'll be honest. Um, the rest of you, if you want to just go ahead and take this lounge space. And the interior of Brimstone is like... Like, Hugo, would you like to describe a little bit what it looks like? Quick question. Yeah. What yeah. is the Brimstone? Brimstone is my little, like, club. It's not not a strip club, but like a like a like a bar but classy. it's like it's yeah it's it's yeah it's like a, a it's like a, a bar a club it's uh what hugo's licensed yeah so you know you'll have performers playing some sweet sweet jazz mm -hmm. um right. and it's a jazz bar yeah okay it's very like black interior with like gold highlights and golden flamey just a, a fiery aesthetic if you can't tell mm -hmm. okay. um and I mean, that's at least what it was in its heyday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what you see in here, you see like a lot of the tables are like, chairs are stacked onto tables. Um, there's like this main sort of like lounge with like an open like Viking fire pit. Um, currently unlit, but there are many fine, soft uh, cushions and stuff like that if you want to. Um, Mickey like just carries over a pitcher of water and sits it down, you know, with some glasses if any of you want to go ahead and pour some water. Um... It is a little heated in here, but not too uncomfortably so. Question, could I get a shot glass? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hold on one second. Um, and he just basically just kind of grabs a tray of shot glasses and some of them tumble onto the bar and he like just scoops like five of them over in his hands and he sets them down. Sorry, helps kind of out today. Nah, it's all good. I pour out the little shot glass for the snail. <laughs> I knew <Okay>. it. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All right, uh, Hugo, uh, let's come over here right into my office, and he kind of, like, gestures towards the back, because there's, like, two main rooms. There's, like, a little bit of a private room that you have that you can use as, like, a dressing room, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then there, there's his office, which is, you know, notably smaller than your dressing room, and it, you access it basically through a little hallway behind the bar. He leads you back there, and he says, what's been going on with you? I heard that uh, you've been, uh, been, been playing some street gigs. Well, that was quite fun, actually. Charming little fellers. But you know what's going on. And I'll show him my wrist. I'm stumped. I've gotten oh. into conspiracy after conspiracy that's just, you know, 
I want to help you, Hugo, but for, first we're going to have to talk about some stuff. And he opens up the door and you see that there are three people wearing suits inside of the room that he leads you into. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You see one of the individuals stand up, a very older water ganasi man whose like beard kind of looks a little bit like algae stuck to his face, but kind of dangling down. He says, Mr. Hugo, sit down. We have some business to discuss. Oh, boy. With some fear in my eyes, I'll, I'll say, yes, sir, <clears throat> sit down. They kind of like pull out a, a, a chair, a halfling accommodated chair. They've got them here because you're a halfling and you would have decided that they would at this club. Definitely. He, this this water ganasi man who's older kind of like stands up and you see a sort of, not young, younger, but not like incredibly young, maybe in their early 30s. Um, and then you would see a half-elven man as well in there. Um, and as you sit down, the half-elven man doesn't say anything, but he starts like writing down some stuff, adjusting some folders. And you sit down, and then Mr. Pete sits down right to the left of you, like he is your lawyer in court. And as he assembles all of the paper in front of you, he begins to flush uh, a little bit, Wait, trying I'm to find so the right sorry. words to Can say. We repeat some of that. As you sit down, the group of them look at you. Um, Mickey kind of pulls up a chair and sits down next to you with kind of like a flushed expression, trying to keep on as positive as a demeanor as he can. But you, he's also kind of putting on the, Hugo, we need to talk serious business stuff regarding financial troubles, talks that you've been having to have every once in a while with him. You can tell he doesn't like it either. Yeah. You see the water ganasi man sit down, and then the two of them, the the younger fellow who you think is a relative to him, sits down as well. And then the half-elven man adjusts a folder, lays a couple of them down, and the half-elven man speaks to you. Mr. Hugo Brassleaf, correct? That is correct. About nine years ago, you entered into a licensed venture with... Mr. Pete, in forming the Brimstone Club from the ground up, I believe on the site of your formal home, correct? When you entered business, you had negotiated on behalf of your manager, Jayen, a 49% stake uh, in exchange for being able to license your brand uh, and run the business as would be appropriate, as well as book gigs, etc. In light of some of your financial difficulties, under the terms of contract that your manager, Jayen, had uh, negotiated with originally, required to place stake on equal share of both Mr. Pete's and yourself as collateral. However, the collateral was occasionally taken. When was the last time you spoke to your manager about the financial situation of Brimstone? About my general financial situation was a few days ago at the incident of the crocodile's ball gown. Uh, as for the spe specifics of Brimstone, it must have been a couple of weeks before that. Does Mr. Jayen still represent you? He is no longer in my employ. The business that he conducted while you, he was in your employ are still being upheld 
by the council. Mr. Hugo, due to the financial difficulties and the maintenance required to keep Brimstone operating, collateral has been repeatedly taken out of the equity that both you and Mr. Pete share. In light of this, my client, Mr. Riptide, and his son, gestures towards the two water ganasi, are interested in purchasing the business and bailing out your debt. I'll just kind of look at Mickey and be like, just with an expression of fear on my face. I have been trying to get a hold of you for a while, and Jane always said it was all right and that he was able to make it work, but I, I, I really have been trying to do my best, Mr. Hugo. I, you, you know that I care about our relationship, but it's just that it's, it hasn't been enough, and we're, we're, we're underwater at this point. Quite literally. You see the elven, the half-elven man looks at you and says, Pending the most recent delayed, he looks over at Mr. Pete, financial statement, we would estimate that you have a nominal amount of equity left towards their name. However, according to some clever financial insight and paperwork delays, you still technically own 5% of Brimstone, meaning that you, during this payout, would receive about 5% of the equity of the exchange. We want to help you, or at least my clients would like to help you resolve this debt and see to it that this becomes a functioning place of commerce in the upper Starlight District. However, because you are still a shareholder in this company, at least until two weeks' time in which you will no longer have equity of Brimstone, you'll have to demand that you request that you sign off on Mr. Pete's acceptance of this exchange of equity. The alternative is to do nothing and, well, or potentially fight the proposition. However, I can assure you that you will lose and you will not get any sort of buyout. At the same time, it would also delay our preparations to opening up the new club we plan to run out of this venue known as Riptide. This mind has never been one for handling the details of financials. And all the time, like, he's, like, laying out, like, folders and pulling out documents and gesturing towards, like, former, like, debt certificates. God, Fury, I have no choice. Pete, you're ready to do this? He looks over at you, Hugo, and says, I've really been trying, Hugo, um, but I've got other ventures I gotta branch off into. I got a son who's an adult who's planning to take over the business once I retire. And I got a daughter who wants to be a wizard. I gotta get her to school. That tuition isn't cheap. You know that if there was another way, I'd go for it, Hugo. And I've done what I can. I, I took a small fee and paperwork filing to hopefully get you in here in time. That you would at least get some compensation for it. I know that this is your heart and dream. But it just isn't the same when we entered the business. What you're feeling? Dreams change. You know what? need to take care of your son and daughter. We'll do this. Besides, this isn't 
this isn't, this clearly isn't working out, nor is who I used to be, okay? So we'll figure out if there's something else we can do. In the meantime, let's take what we can and run. He looks over at you, Hugo, and says, All right, but I owe you for this, okay? Well, I mean, you practically ran this place. <laughs> it would have been nothing if it wasn't for you. When you came to me, when you told me about your dream for this place, I, 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 I stumbled upon money, and I would have just blown it off in another restaurant. You, you're the one who made the magic happen. Hugo smiles at that. And maybe, maybe I'll come at you next time about a business opportunity. But for now, I kind of need the cash. And I'll look down at my purse, my like purse of coin, coin pouch and say. And you see that uh, he, the, the one older water Ganassi looks at the younger one. And you see the younger one pulls out like a small briefcase and opens it up. And inside is a bag of many gold coins. The amount that we are willing to purchase that would be distributed to you directly would be 600 gold. Out of the approximated uh, 12,000 in equity of Sparks. Hmm. I look at Mick. Is everything... I mean, it's, it's nothing complete to, compared to what we put into this place, but it's something. Okay. I trust you. We'll do this. Right. And he'll, like, put his hand out, not in, like, a firm handshake, but just, like, uh, like, taking your hand for a second, if you'll take his. Mm -hmm. I will. And he'll just kind of clasp it and nod. And he kind of just signs a piece of paper, and then he'll hand it over to you. I'll sign it, and I'll, like, put an arm on his shoulder, if I can reach, and say, It's been a good run, Mick, but I got some ideas if you're ever interested. I'll keep an ear out. You got my card. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the place. I will too. Things are... Things are changing, we'll say. As that hands over, the, uh... You see that, uh, the two, uh, the, the, the father, Ganassi, uh, signs a piece of paper. Uh, the health oven man starts looking over the piece of paper, says... Everything is in order, and then everyone starts shaking their hands as you do in a business deal, like this. Mm -hmm. um, does does Hugo shake everyone's hand? He does. All right. Now, what is the posture that inside? I was about to ask. Like, I imagine Hugo is probably putting on a brave face, but most certainly, they're like, they, this is not a good day for Hugo. You see that they, like, lock the che the case with the uh, gold in it, and they slide you the chest over and sit the key on top of the case. It was a pleasure, Mr. Hugo. I can assure you that we will make good we will make good business with your former establishment. And my home. For my home. <sighs> Thank you. All of you out there have just kind of been chilling. There's, like, a couple of, like, tab, like fashion magazines that have been like laid out for you to read and peruse so while they were in there was Be there beastie boys probably like eating one <laughs> was there anyone working there or was just bare like no one else was there everything else was empty until you see a total of one two three four five figures walking out of the room where hugo <clears throat> and mick went in i would have snuck behind the bar start making a drink 
Certainly. Like, yeah, you see, like, there's all these sort of, like, it's, like, one of those things, like, you realize after a moment, like, the stuff, like, on display isn't the cocktails, mostly. Yeah. Like, mostly it's just colored, like, colored water. <laughs> <laughs> but then you look underneath and, like, you find just some whiskey. Yeah. And you just carry it over and you've all got shot glasses. I would have brought them shots. I didn't know if they were one of them. Yeah. Have you guys been drinking this whole time? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I would have been having the water and I'll take like a shot. What I'll happens? say also like you grabbed a bowl of soup on your way out. So you have eaten something today. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is soup usually doesn't drink. But every single time beefy boy starts sniffing around the shot, soup is like no and downs it. So... <laughs> So Soup's had like three shots at this point. <laughs> all right, so you are all kind of a little bit tipsy right now. Uh, nowhere near blackout for your constitution, mm -hmm. but no, mm -hmm. oh, actually, Wartha, roll me a constitution saving throw. Oh. Constitutions, eh? Yay! Sweet. I have the body mass. I can take one. it. Hey. You're holding your liquor. Nice. But you do see five figures um, walk out of the back room, including uh, three Ganassi, a half-elf, and Hugo. And they all seem to be, like, nodding, thinking, and then you start seeing the two Ganassi start pointing around, and you see another figure walk out from inside, and then after that you see two people beginning to carry, like, equipment into the building. I'm going to pour Hugo a shot, because he does not look happy. <laughs> There, as I walk over, you he's can, like carrying this briefcase. There are like a cup. There's a little stream where you can see that a little shiny spot going down my face that you can see that's where tears were. And as a little approach, I say, "Come on, we have to get out of here now." What did they do to you? They did nothing to me. I did this all myself. Hugo, what 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 did you do? <laughs> you, you see, like on one of the frames where it's a picture of like a poster of like Hugo, they start like hitting up and rolling like glue on and start folding up a sort of visage of like a techno gnome DJ. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no. Wearing like wearing like a visor and like a pair of headphones around their neck and no no no, no obvious gender from this individual um and you see like uh techno and they've got like uh they've got like a mixing board in front of them and uh it says dj whirlpool oh man been oh man would have been so fitting and you start seeing they're putting up other posters of this this musical artist they found a new a new licensee they found a new plaything. I have an idea, y'all. So this is not the time. Oh, last thing that I want to say before you talk. Uh, you see that they are there's about four people with a gurney currently pushing a fish tank into here. Not a before. fish tank. Before. And they are beginning to paint the walls blue in ocean-themed colors. Before this becomes a workplace hazard, I have a, a suggestion. Soup, can we take this outside? No, 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 no. We want to do this in here. Hugo. You hear the sound of like a machinery behind it. You have to work and plaster falling from the ceiling. Hugo, I've never, 
I, I've never danced before. It would be so fun to dance in here before they before they change it and make it not like you anymore. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> they ignore you. I'm pulling soup out of here. We're going. Oh, come on! What, what's, what's wrong with one more song to say goodbye? You... The song is Jackhammers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made it! You wrote a new song called Jackhammers. No, but I wouldn't be surprised if that DJ did, and it sounded exactly <laughs> like it. Ah, <laughs> oh, maybe I should dance to them then. Soup, Modern music. soup, soup! Come on. Oh, so come you grab on. soup by the arm, and they trail ten feet behind. Oh. <laughs> 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 No, I, I'm not. I'm not intoxi intoxicated. What are you saying? So Gyandan's probably leading Soup on, and Warso is following as well. Hugo, you're carrying this heavy briefcase with you. That kind of jingles with metal. You know what, Soup? Get on. I'm gonna start carrying Soup on my back. <laughs> I feel like my arms are long enough that I just kind of drag on the floor behind you. It's a little mix of that, but you are kind of got soup pulled up, kind of moping against your head. I and you see that they are, in. they have, they have basically uh, removed the last letters from Brimstone outside and are currently putting up the Whirlpool letters. Or not the Whirlpool, the uh, Riptide letters. Can't even look at it. Sad day, man. I can't even look at it. Can we go somewhere else? please sure and then i'll just like start going i'll just start going some random direction i'll start going right and just walking roll, roll, roll <laughs> right walking right out the door yes like out the door and then right yes um okay sure you'll follow yeah i'm kind of attached yeah no okay i have no idea where i'm going but i'm just going there's like somewhere. A, there's like a little snail on your ankle dragging behind <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, um, I'll say that walking for a little bit, you eventually come to a little grove, a little park with some trees growing around. It's a teensy bit private. The sound of construction is is very dull and far away, but still there. I'm ruined. That was everything. You're nice. not. You're, you're, you're not ruined. Yes, I am. That was not even just the club. That was oh, literally my old house. Well, it sounds like you haven't been there in a while. And you had a much more fun time earlier. Down. Da down where we were earlier. Where you had all the people. And you were having a ton of fun. And you made the, the whole Destiny. scene. And that girl was so happy to see you. Destiny. I agree with Destiny. Soup. But I still needed a home for that. I still well, need to know that anything... that place was there waiting. Well, there's still many people who who appreciate you. And if you need a place to sleep, it seems like you really liked my sister's room. <laughs> so you have a place to go and here here's the thing hugo you 
are honestly, you have the makings of someone who can really inspire people. You know, you encourage, you've already encouraged a bunch of people to do, to go out and do cool things. It sounds like throughout your career and even now, and honestly, if you really feel like you've hit rock bottom and you need a boost, if you really need to feel like you can do it, I've got the thing for you. Oh no. And it's even for free. <laughs> oh my god. Soup, <laughs> <laughs> is this what I think it is? Mushrooms right now. So, you know how he stole the necklace from Cranberry Caledonia? You know? You don't want to say it so loud. We could literally I'm not saying it loud. I'm whispering. Shush. We could literally get killed right now. Anyway, anyway. I realized that I felt freaking badass when I was wearing it. And I was like, huh, Hugo should really be feeling more badass about him himself. So I, I I can give it to you and it'll be a gift because you're awesome and you're going to take the gift and you cannot say no. <laughs> I, could try. I could try, but I'm pretty sure I did. Here you go. You want a hug? <laughs> you want a hug? I just like drape her arms around him. <laughs> <laughs> And then later I and I kind of take and I kind of take the little necklace and I put it put it around Hugo's neck, and later I can talk about the whole revolution I volunteered for, putting, and maybe putting, you can help too. Putting the necklace on Hugo like does feel a little bit better, a little like yeah, you know I am actually doing some good sometimes, but and that's enough clarity for him to be like. Wait, what? The what? A revolution. Yeah. So, so the union. There's no, no, no. Probably so later, but what the hell? I did not know you were into politics. I am not into politics. I'm As into the fact that. Aside to Gendon and Warsaw, I'll be like, didn't know they could think like about politics. Neither did I. <laughs> I don't think it's a political thing. It's just this really nice guy was was really stressed and low on his stress medicine and he would die if he got stressed. So I gave him some mushrooms and offered to help him out with moving these big boomy things that he would be less stressed. You signed up to be part of a weapons deal? Is that what it is? Soup, you can't just go around signing up for these things. Well, it was a hardworking man, and he was in danger if it, if if the weapons Soup. got to the velvet blue. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? You could result in the absolute a breakout of a war in the city. I'm trying to prevent that by trying to get the weapons away from people. Oh. Adrian, you're muted. You, as you are talking about this, you see footsteps approaching. 
uh, of a velvet blue officer saying, Excuse me, is everything okay here? I got this. I got this. I'll, I'll put my hand. We had someone report a noise concern. Relax, El Chapo. I got this. <laughs> Sorry, officer. I. It was not a good day, and they're just trying to help me out a little bit. Just keep me a little comforted. If we need to quiet down, we will. Roll your choice of persuasion or deception, whichever you feel is more appropriate here. Oh, man. Deception would grant me a better bonus but this is because you are kind of like talking about stealing guns from cops so there is like probably an element of deception of like keeping your composure normal in front of a cop okay deception it is okay i, I figured you'd want to use thank that thank god 14 uh does that include the plus one from the necklace <gasps> i thought he wasn't attuned. Now attuned to wait i'll say you can attune to it now oh man okay then that makes it 15 okay where is that the officer rolls a one and says all right. Well, uh, just make sure to get your friend some water and uh, make sure they get home. I appreciate you, you, officer. Shush. Gorth, stay safe. And the velvet blue officer goes off. What's that necklace called? Uh, I was really hoping he'd roll a 20 and recognize Gendon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. All right. What What is the... I want to add the necklace. What thing? What is that thing called? Um... Yeah, so uh, it is called a Shard of Etrix, um, but it uses the effect, just look up uh, Ioun Stone of Leadership. Ah. Like I-O-U-N. Ooh. Ioun Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but has, has, after the cop walks away, does Soup sneak out the pipe? Yes. <laughs> 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 Lucky that there's a bunch of trees around this little part of this park. Even more of when Soup showed up. Soup, you're already <laughs> inebriated. Soup, Please soup. don't don't go don't go breaking yourself more. It's been a while since I got a chance to relax, and here I am. Hugo will take the take the substance and press the digitation, flame it into nothingness. That's <laughs> Handmade you, pipe from my dad. Soup. It was just roll the, me uh, a Constitution saving throw. It was just the stuff, not the pipe. Roll me a Constitution saving throw as it burns a lot quicker than you usually burn it. Uh, this was not me trying to get. I was taking yeah, this. Stuff. I know. Oh no. <laughs> Twenty-one. I rolled a nineteen. Wait, is that a sixteen or nineteen? You, you get like 19? you get you get a very strong hit and then pull your mouth away as like smoke comes out of your nostrils as the rest of the rest of the hash just cinderizes. Hugo, that was stupid. You just made it all go in one go, and it just almost kicked me in, in the face. You have to enjoy it slowly, steadily. I should teach you sometime. There's like a faint little bit of blood bleeding out of Soup's nose. God. I didn't I didn't take the stuff out of the pipe before I poofed it. No, I, I, you just said that. I, I didn't see you... So I, I, it happened now. Okay. Uh, but next time I need you to say I, I, I pull the hash out. Oh, okay. Wait, did he? Did I just, just assume you like? No, I wasn't. No, no, to no. Your pipe. I, I just assumed that he looked at the stuff in there and just like lit it on fire. Because <laughs> no, usually press the digitation, to... it's just like starting a candle, but he goes all fire stuff. So like, sure, you can, you can create a stronger flame. No, I was, I was trying to take it out of the pipe and just poof it away into nothingness. But there's gotta be, have been some that was 
poofed away Can before you... it got yeah. out of there. I like to imagine like soup, like you were trying to burn it away when soup's mouth wasn't on it. Mm -hmm. But just at that moment, Soup put their mouth on and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. The intent no. was not there. You thought it through, but Soup is being very unpredictable right now. The adult burned the pipes. My dad made that. Okay. You, you know what? Let's do let's that. sorry, Soup. Let's but... go. Let's let's head out of this district. This does not seem like a place for soup right now let's get you well <laughs> before or as you are walking is there anything that anyone else wants to bring up or discuss of where you want to go or what you should be doing yeah why don't we find the inventor inventor is an option yeah inventor's option warso what were you going to say um so i do have this book that my mentor had it's a book of just open cases paranormal cases um None of them have been really solved, uh, or no one's been caught. But you know, the book's about 15 years old, and just in the past few weeks, there's been three, maybe a couple more similar cases. So well, that's, that's what, certainly an asset. So that's what I would be wanting to start working on. Yeah, we definitely should come through all those new cases to see what's going on. And they Do are paranormal. True. Do we have any resources that could devote or lead us to the inventor? I feel I like Dimitri would know. Oh wait, Sky. We just like we just left her at the cream and cherry. No, she she left to oh, go right. visit her house. Right? I mean, but she might have come back. I hope she's not like looking for us or something. She's smarter than that. She'll know that we're that we've long gone and find uh, a way to contact us. Okay. She has Dimitri. Dimitri knows everyone. That's what I'm. That's why I wanted to check for him. But yeah, <sighs> I'm lost. I have no idea where to go. I'm so in the same boat. So we don't know where <laughs> I the invention. Think right? We can check out Funky Book. We can check out Funky Book and solve Funky Book and we'll meet a lot of cool people who can help us out along the way, hopefully. Because apparently meeting people's important. You want to open the book and address the case file? Let's yeah. just look around. See Soup would be interested. Clues. Okay, so Wartho, you, do you sh share the book with them? And, like, you can, like, sit on the bench and hold it, but, like... Yeah, yeah, I'll share it with so opening up this sort of old, sort of uh, red cloth-bound book, you see that it is a journal of sorts, but has been plastered with any number of notes and pens and uh, little bits of evidence over the years. There are a number of cases in here, a number that the rest of you kind of lose track after the seventh or eighth. And you see that a couple of them, several of them, mark as closed. But as you dig deeper into this sort of larger book, you see that there are a couple of them that are just kind of got a little blue ribbon on them, indicative that they are still open, until Warso kind of comes to one. Looking at it, it seems to be indicating a series of murder-suicides that occurred about 15 years ago. 
took place in uh, a few parts of the city, but notably the Lower Starlight District and the Smokestack Ward, where, and you kind of see like it plotted out on the map, where parents of young children would essentially take the life of their spouse inexplicably before subsequently taking their own. There is no known connection between these victims other than the fact that they all had young children who were put into foster care uh, subsequently. Um, there are suspicions of, you know, possession, some sort. You see notes kind of like writing that, highlighting, listing off a, a different types of uh, undead that Warsaw would be more familiar with. The rest of you just look at it like it's weird terminology, wisps, uh, ghouls, whites, uh, revenante. Then eventually just a note that says inconclusive. It mentions a few that interviews, notes taken and filed into this journal, talking about how whoever was conducting this investigation spoke to a couple of children who were victims there. Including one boy in specific who basically described that the orphanage they were going to send him to and that he didn't want to go there because he heard that there are mean kids there. What happened to that boy, the journal doesn't mention. So there's stuff happening now that links back to this case. That's when Warso flips the page and you see that there is a new entry. Different handwriting. Um, obviously not with as thick of fingers, so it's a little bit neater, a little bit more elegant. You see, like, I imagine whatever Warso's language is, case has been reopened, revisiting this one. You see that there is indication of two death that were similar like that. Basically parents who did not seem to have a reason to kill the other and take their own life inexplicably had that happen according to uh, publicized Velvet Blue reports uh, College of the Macabre coroner reports and young children typically between the ages of 4 and 12 just orphaned. Has anyone, if we're revisiting, if you're revisiting these cases, has anyone talked to where the children are now? I haven't, no. Might hmm. be worth looking from. I mean, if the book was so particular about, about that boy uh, who wasn't put into the foster system, I wonder if he's still out there. I hope he's okay. Something like that sounds dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, so you know who that boy is. Is it me? Oh, it's me, guys. Found him. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Sorry, dude. Oh. Or so. Oh. Oh, no. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Are you doing okay? Uh, yeah, I'm good now. Okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't grow up with parents, you know, which my mentor raised me. So it's a similar, what I assume happened to my parents. I never really got, you know, in stone 
what happened to that. Hmm. So this is very personal to you. A little bit. Are you okay talking about it? Yeah. Okay. The original cases, they took place 15 years ago in a span of four months. The new cases, the first one happened about three weeks ago. And then the last one, a week and a half ago. So it appears to be a pattern that's starting again? Yes, it seems we're almost due for another one. Sorry to say. Well, was there some event that happened three weeks ago that could have triggered it? That's also happened 15 years ago or another event that led it to stop? Not that I'm aware of. Once every week and a half. That's seven days. Yes. And that star has seven points on it, and I kind of point to Gendon's tattoo. <laughs> Are you going to pin this on me? <laughs> I'm not pinning it on you. I'm just trying to put things together. That so is I... when you that is when you see that there is uh, an individual coming up. You see it is a younger girl who has her hair pulled up into a uh, bit of a messenger's hat. And they seem to be wearing... Uh, uh, linen clothes and uh, sort of vest over it, kind of shades of brown and gray, uh, riding a bicycle as they ride up to you and say, Excuse me, um, I work for the Electrovol Gazette. Uh, could you spare Could you spare a few copper for a paper? I'll toss a few copper. Appreciate it. It's like, you, you got 600 gold. I'm not going to make you count it. Um, <laughs> but I would only have 300 because the rest would go to Mickey. No, no, you got 600. That was your cut. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not that bad. All right, cool. Who, who, who yeah. needs memories when you can have money? Exactly. <laughs> now, what does the paper um, tell and us? And she tosses you off, and as you hand pick it up and catch it in midair and it unrolls, you see on the headline of the Electrovol Gazette. Um, not This article not written by Scoop, but you do see his name and other parts. Um, it says, Siblings orphaned. Parents dead to mysterious murder-suicide pattern unclear oh the for paragon's well, sake there is a third case <laughs> well, well gosh darn it clear. happened again every seven days ah great shall we go over there yep you see that there's a little excerpt saying that uh basically merchant prince opera uh, officers basically uh social service equivalent have currently relocated them to Stone Slap Orphanage in the uh, Lower Starlight District. Oh, back down to the Starlight District we go. Oh no, actually no, this wouldn't be in the Starlight District. This would be in the Bastion Ward. Sorry. Near the uh, the Abbey, of the, the Burning Bulb Abbey. Yes, it's so it's on the lower part of the city, city, near the spirit ward, but in the much more fixed up part of the spirit ward that's not run by the Twisted Dagger, where there's like a church and abbey built mm. onto the bluff. Guess it's worth investigating there. 
If anything, it's... we could probably volunteer at least like a couple hours of our time at the orphanage. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a good way to give back in the community. Volunteering I'm not sure time. How this all could even be related to death of gilded, but I suppose there's only one way to find out, and that's through. Well, if anything, by helping out, we can make a better name for ourselves so that when it comes time to defend ourselves, uh, we have a better image in the public eye that can assist us. There we go. There's there's the soup we know, <laughs> capitalizing <laughs> off the orphan. <laughs> no! All for the image. Oh, man. No! Soup you found out. That wasn't my intention. <laughs> It's good. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I just torture you because I love you and I'm, my, I'm your DM. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's go capitalize off some orphans. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Misha. <laughs> let's go capitalize off some orphans. Let's see if the officer comes back. Nope. Uh, <laughs> as you make your way out. Um, the quickest way down there is going to be by the spirit ward. Uh, Gendon's place, uh, would probably be in the smokestack district, so that would be the opposite way of where you're heading. Okay. You've got to head down a layer in the city. So you're going to have to hop on this, the Ferris wheel, go all the way up and back down, but then it's a pretty short jaunt to the Bastion ward. Um technical thing it just started raining for me and earlier today it was raining hard so if you start hearing hissing let me know it's the rain got it so i imagine all of you would like to uh make your way towards the ferris wheel and ride your way down yay ferris wheel like i need somebody and this could be johnny because he's our guest or it could be anyone else to roll me a d12 do it johnny do it johnny i rolled an eight all right I don't know what that means. I don't know. It All means right. he's a spice boy, whatever that is. So you means. guys are going, just to check, you're going on the Ferris wheel because that's the fastest way. Yeah. Yep. Okay. As you climb aboard the sort of cart, and you see it's like a sort of station, you see that there's like a little bit of regulation um, operated by the galvanic switchboard. So you see like uh, people dressed in artificy equipment, some, some mechanics, electricians, just kind of like regulating people, saying like, all right, everyone on board. And then everyone like rushes to get on and then you have to stop and then you wait for the next car to come and you're kind of the first group on that one and as you all kind of pile on you see uh in here is zontoro the uh Leonin man who uh currently has a car a kiosk who sells coffee and zorp tongue which says oh oh hello i see that it's we have company i recognize you I'm just taking a couple of rounds around the money-making gear. Of course. Can I? Can I interest? Can I get? Can a, I interest you? Oh, can I get a coffee? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, what about for the rest of you? And you see, like, it's, there's not too many people on this car. There's maybe like about seven other people here, but they're just kind of sitting off to the edge. It's a pretty big car. Um, probably about thirty feet wide at the longest. <laughs> the Zorp tongue is it fried? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it comes in a bun. I'll take his it, they're they're real fluffy buns. <laughs> All right. Um. We'll just mark it off that if everyone wants to mark off like five copper each, uh, you can go ahead and pass that to him. 
as you all uh, begin speaking to him, and he's like, uh, you said extra large, correct, sir? That's what I remember you enjoyed last time. A small will, an extra small will do for me this time, but thank you. I'll have extra small, but I can charge you the same and fill it half as much. Okay. <laughs> he'll fill it. He'll do that. Um, and he, as he speaks to all of you, it's, it's a refreshing uh, moment to be able to see you all. Uh, what is your business right now? I haven't seen Skye since uh, she rode up here last night. Skye's place had a bit of a break-in. She's off handling that now. What did she tell oh, you? Oh dear. How long does it take? Mm, with her business, I don't know. I suppose. Anyway, oh, she never speaks to me. <laughs> Mostly just orders coffee, but that's all I need. Have you ever tried making, like, a Zorp stew? I've never tried that, but I feel like I feel like the way you cook it on the buns, you can make a really nice soup out of those, but just not fried. Yeah, Warso, like you probably had the, there. Yeah, Warso, biting into this bun, um, you've tasted these things before. It's like a, a long, rubbery piece of meat, like a Slim Jim or something like that, mm -hmm. but like thicker and more rubbery. I'm okay with that. Um, but it's deep fried, and it's like a hot dog in a bun. <laughs> uh, he like says, uh, hmm. It's an interesting proposition. It could be difficult transporting soup and coffee, but maybe if I upgrade my cart. <laughs> soup can like I mean, you're already you're already you're already carrying like liquids. I don't think it would be harder to carry like a stew with that because that's actually no, even but harder I do carry to scale. I do carry a lot of coffee on this cart, and I would have to carry less coffee or get a bigger cart. Adjust his little spectacles. Or you could start a cafe and have a permanent mm. location that people can rely oh. on. Oh, that would be hilarious, but uh, I don't quite have the money and the places I could afford are, well, sinking into the swamp. But ah. I appreciate the offer, and I will consider it if I ever come across a windfall. Well, I'm sure that if you're the one to create the excellent idea that is Zorp Stew... I can then you'll offer. have the money. I'll tell you what, free of charge if you give me your feedback. And he reaches in and he pulls out a Zorp dog, which is like a corn dog made of Zorp tongue. I try it. What do you say? Hmm. Well, what does it taste like? It tastes like Zorp tongue inside of a corn dog. Is it this is a money maker right here. Why is this? All right, I'm selling Zorp Dog, and he like slaps the sign on his thing, and it like folds down, and it's now it, it just reveals to like have a little dangly bit that says Zorp Dogs. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm seven going, zaps. I'm going to kind of very slightly like lead off the side of the Ferris wheel so I could like project my voice better and yell. Brand new innovation! The Zorp dogs are here, right on the right on the big. What what's this Ferris wheel called? The eye. Right on the big eye. They're right here, and you can get them, and they're amazing. <laughs> and I'm just screaming the outside of the car, just projecting my voice as loud as possible. As you call off the eye of Electrovolt, <laughs> uh, you find that you are descending down. Roll me a performance check. No persuasion. Oh yeah. You're persuade. You're trying to persuade. The masses of the city below. <laughs> the weight. To be on the one cart that the car that this guy is on. <laughs> okay, how does a fifteen do? 
you think your mer- your message has carried on the wind quite far. <laughs> I have big bugbear lungs. And it's at that point like you're coming to the ground too, and, and it's time Lung to bear. disembark. <laughs> Sorry. Great. With that, um, I imagine uh, you would like to begin making your way towards the bastion ward. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Sir. All right. So as you make your way, um, and I'll describe this uh, right before uh, we'll end the episode. You do have to walk through a small area of the spirit ward, and especially like the biggest boardwalk um, that connects uh, above that sort of um, Celine, that sort of uh, sinking mire area where you rescued Destiny. And looking at it during the day, it looks, it looks a lot less gloomy. That's to begin with. But as you continue walking across, you see at the far end, the marshy mire begins to build into green turf. And on this part of the city, you can't really see the rest of it. Just a large tiered wall with a couple of entrances that maybe lead up that way. But the homes here look somewhat idyllic. There are homes built with sort of picket fences. Uh, a lot of them are like group homes. There are a lot of like, uh, there's like maybe like a spa you pass by. This is definitely expensive real estate here. You see at the very end of the Bastion Ward, turning up is the Brightbulb Abbey, like a lighthouse rising up on the pier above the swamp. It's said to be home of the Order of the Burning Bulb, the people who protected the Arkstone when it was gifted by the Paragon Peloron. As you make your way towards the abbey, you see at the base of the hill that rises up to it. And mind you, this is like on the old remnants of like a fortification, like a large sort of grounds walled in by stone. You see that there is a home, a orphanage that says a gray slab and sitting on the steps outside being attended to by a nun wearing the vestments of the Order of the Burning Bulb are the two kids that you saw in the photo hmm. on the front of the paper. In the paper, like the, did we get the names of these Uh You would. I have to pull that up. Their names are... The girl is older. Her name is uh, Jillian. And the son, the, the, the boy, is named Edward. Jillian and Edward. Jillian and Edward. Right. And I say that, I, I think that it's best if we leave it there with uh, whoever is holding the paper. Just kind of comparing the two of them sitting on the steps to the two of them sitting on the steps slightly over. Just kind of the older one consoling the younger one. And next time we will capitalize on that uh, orphan value. <laughs> sweet, sweet orphan value. <laughs> uh, what is my game? Hey everyone, Johnny here. If you want to listen to more of me, you can find me over at Majestic Goose Network, primarily on One Shot Onslaught and Halfway to Heroes. Thank you. Take care. You have been listening to Electrovolt, as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember to bury the hatchet, lest it comes back wielded by an unburied ghost.